Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is NBS Fitness Radio. All right, what's up? Welcome back to MBS Fitness Radio. I am here with Chris Clothier. Chris is uh, an owner in REI Nation, which is the number one turnkey real estate investment company in all the United States by all measures. And he also owns, uh, runs an organization uh, organization called um, Cancer Kickers. It's a soccer club that, uh, that sends... Uh, well, tell, tell us a little bit about what Cancer Kickers does. Yeah, the Cancer Kickers, we support uh, kids and their families that are battling childhood cancers. We send them a kit that's made up of a backpack, uh, jerseys, socks, shorts, little sliders. It's got uh, all kinds of warm like gear like they can wrap up in from sweatshirts to sweatpants. Um, and it's all geared around, we send this kit joining them to an actual team. So they've got teammates you yeah. know, at this point all over the world. Uh, just it, when we send it to them, it really bonds them and, and lets them know they're part of a, a team fighting something. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Uh, Chris has been a uh, client of mine, I guess, maybe 12 years now. On a, Trained for a while in the beginning, had a little break in the middle, and now kind of back in together. And one of the reasons I have Chris on today is because uh, Chris is a – He's a busy dude. He's, like I said, a, an, an entrepreneur in multiple ways. He's got a lot of um, things going on. He's got five kids, and yet he still finds a way to make fitness a priority, have success in it. So, Chris, tell me about kind of fitness, uh, the, the story of fitness in your life, how, what you were doing when you were little, how it changed as you went through like college and in your 20s and your 30s and now in your 40s. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's funny that I never looked at it as fitness until – Recently, yeah. Recently, up until that point, it wasn't fitness. It was doing things that I love to do, from playing sports. I started playing soccer when I was four. Uh, played soccer all the way up into college, but in high school, I was also I was on the track team. I was running cross country. I, I loved running. It was something that uh, I found early on. I had a big engine. Yeah, I mean, I could I could go long distances. I could be fast. I, I still had the same energy at the end as I did at the beginning. And whether that's genetics or whatever it was, that's just that's what I found that I was growing up. Yeah. And then as I became an adult, I enjoyed competition. So I played, uh, I played soccer and rugby in college. Uh, I played competitive soccer as an adult all the way up until I was like 45 years old, uh, 40 or whatever, somewhere, somewhere in mid forties. And I just loved competing. I never looked at what I was doing as actual fitness. Yeah. And so even, even when we, you and I were first working out, it's probably the thing that, that, uh, you know, prevented me from, you know, you said we, we worked out together, then we had a little break in between. The thing that, that the break was because I didn't view it as fitness. I was just, you know, working out. Yeah. For lack of a better way to put it. Yeah. Um, so I've just, I've always, I've always loved doing and being active and doing stuff. It wasn't until recently that I really realized or, or made that mind shift that this is all about fitness and not necessarily about, you know, competition or getting out and doing what I want to do. Yeah. What, what kind of caused that mind shift? Uh, our conversation, okay. you and I. So yeah. uh, I, I remember it that I told you, uh, and I've even told other people this, that I, I kind of told you that I had a I had something that I wanted to to get ready for, you know, I, an event I was going to take on. And you said, well, come on in, you know, you, let's sit down and talk about your fitness goals. And again, for me, I, I remember when we first talked, I wanted to talk about here's this thing I want to do. And you didn't, you didn't necessarily tell me I don't you didn't say, I don't care about that. You were, you were trying to get me away from thinking about an event Yeah. and you wanted me to think about, Hey, why are you really like, what's, why is this really important? I think your point was if it's an event, it'll come and go. Yeah. And, um, it was interesting because what I told you was I want to be skiing. I love to go and snow skiing. And when I'm 80, I want to be snow skiing. Yeah. Uh, I'll never forget when the last time we went, we saw this little group of, of men and women, uh, they, and, and I happened to ask one of them, like, what, what they were doing. And they were part of the over 80 ski club. And uh, they were all <laughs> having a coffee. And they were all in their, their ski gear. And they were all getting ready to, to go for a day of skiing. And I was like, that's what I want to do. That's awesome. That's cool. So, yeah, well, and I think um, the idea is that, you know, fitness supports your, your ability to do the everyday things and yeah. the events. Right. So it's not that necessary. But the idea of only focusing on the event is that there's an endpoint to it. Right. Versus fitness is there is no end point. This is just uh, the foundation of our ability to, you know, 
live the lives that we want to live. Well, it's really helped me because it's made that mind shift too, where, and I've been able to, to put it together with like business Yeah, because it's, there is no end point. You said it, it's, you got to get to where you enjoy the journey. And then there become all these little flashpoints in between. And those are the events that we're doing. Like you, like I'm, I'm getting ready to do events and I'm super excited about it, but I'm enjoying the journey just as much. And, and that, so when those flashpoints are over, I'm still, I'm still rocking and rolling. Yeah. So fitness has been a part of your life since the get go in different forms, obviously, but, but com- competition kind of been part of that, yeah. that, that fueling that desire the whole time. And obviously that's kind of a big factor in entrepreneurship and business owners is the, the competitive aspect. Um, have you always known you wanted to be an entrepreneur or like what were the kind of the big, like um, uh, the big awakening moments you're like, yeah, this is what I need to do. Yeah. I, I think that I have not always known I was going to be an entrepreneur. You know, had I had my way, uh, in school, I wanted to go to Washington, D.C. I wanted to be in politics. I wanted to graduate with a poli-sci degree. I kind of saw myself going through law, possibly uh, running for office. I mean, that's that's really what I thought, 18 to 23, somewhere in that range. Okay. Uh, I met who would become my future wife at about 22, I think, 21, 22, somewhere in there. And at 23, um, I decided to quit college after five and a half years. <laughs> and, uh, Were you close after five oh and a half gosh. years? Well, I probably was beyond close. I think I have like 147 hours. You only need like 120 to graduate. Uh, and I wasn't close to graduation. I had so many different things going on. Um, so, but, the, but the, what I knew was uh, I wanted to go to work. So I went to work. I worked for family for a long time. Yeah. Then I actually, when I was 30, had my first child. I moved to Colorado and I took a job with a client. I needed that that kind of change of scenery, I guess. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I, we moved to Colorado. And I remember uh, when I first went up there, I left her back in Memphis because we hadn't sold our house. And I, I get up there and I go to my first day on the job and I called her about lunchtime and I told her this is never going to work. I can't, I can't work for somebody else. It's just, yeah. I'm not cut out for this. And that was the day I decided to, to start my own company. And it was roughly a year. I, I spent, I signed a contract. So I finished my contract out about a year after that, I started my first company. And, okay. um, I don't know how many I've started and tried to do now. I'm probably four to somewhere between four and six and most have failed. Uh, most haven't worked, <laughs> uh, but that's okay. You know, I, I was, uh, I'll never forget sitting her down after that first one and it would eventually succeed. But at the time I thought it was a complete failure. And I told her, I said, I'm, I'm going to have to go get another job. <laughs> <laughs> how did she respond to that? Uh, well, I, I, you know, I framed it like this, that I basically can pay this month's bills <laughs> and, and I have enough money for next month's bills. And she says, well, it sounds like you got till next month to figure out what the heck you're going to do. <laughs> and um, so that's what I did. I, and, and, and I did Th- that was, you know, it's so funny about, about like fitness and stuff because I sat down and I had two choices. I could either put in the time and do the work or I could go ahead and start looking at the one ads and see if I could find me another job. And I chose to, to go to work yeah. and, um, that's that's been a common theme for her and I. Yeah, I, I, trying to kind of put together some of the the pieces there is that um, there is something about that entrepreneurial DNA that you're not scared of failure. Uh, you know, it's just like it, it it the drive to make it happen, the vision is so much bigger than any potential fear of failure that you're like, I can't not do this, and then. Um, and if it does fail, it's not, it doesn't derail you. And to a degree, I think there's some carryover into fitness in that, in the sense that, um, like you're not going to have success in every endeavor that you do. And in fact, if you're doing it correctly, like you, you shouldn't succeed every single day in the gym, <clears throat> you should be pushing your limits to a degree. Right. But it's, uh, that you're not limited by that fear of failure. You just kind of accept that like, if it doesn't work out, I'll learn from it. And then the next time I'll be better. Let me, let me, if you're not afraid, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. And I don't mean that to be some cliche that's being cute. I mean that if you're not afraid, then you maybe don't understand what the ramifications are. Yeah. Maybe you're not really taking any risks. Maybe you, you know, you think you're out there doing something big, but you're not. 
Like fear is a natural part that should be there. It is a focuser. Fear is something that that um, should should in theory help you to be hyper focused on what it is you're doing. I think that works really well in both fitness and business. Yeah. That because um, it's not it's there is a there's a natural you should be afraid of failure. Yeah. I mean because it's not the outcome you want, but. I mean, if you're taking risks and you're going out there for it, then when you do fail, all it does is teach you the lessons that you need and give you the knowledge you need to not fail the second time. Yeah. And so. Yeah, that's a better clarification. Because think about it, like when I was doing powerlifting, yeah. there's an absolute fear of putting like 800 pounds on my back. But I guess was what the message I was trying to get was that that fear isn't the overwhelming emotions. Like sure. the overwhelming emotion is like, I'm going to face that fear with courage because, yeah. because not trying would be far worse than trying and failing. Um, because yeah, there's, there's a tremendous amount of fear when you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm about to run a hundred miles or, Oh my gosh, I'm about to try to squat 800 pounds or, you know, whatever, or in business, oh my gosh, I just signed a, you know, a uh, line of credit. You know, I'm now <laughs> massively in debt. Yeah. I mean, those, yeah. all, all those, I think they dovetail really good. It's a, it's a focuser. Yeah, big time. Yeah. What, um, how, what are some other kind of um, benefits that you've seen back and forth between like the mindset as a business owner, entrepreneur and fitness and like how has fitness then um, helped empower you to, to take on what you've taken on in business. Yeah. I think that, um, well, in just both of them are, are so very much alike. You know what I mean? If I'm, I'm a believer in what's called like a, a today list and a today or a today list and a, and a to-do list. Yeah. All right. So you got your to-do list that you'll never catch up to. If you, if you do, then you don't have enough on your plate. Right. <laughs> um, but it's, I mean, it might be three pages long and yeah. that's okay. But people that just operate off of a to-do list, they're constantly um, frazzled, upset, feeling like a failure. I'm not getting anything done because they're not focused. They're seeing this big old long list. It's kind of like saying uh, you want to lift 1,000 pounds aggregate across the three Olympic lifts. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Or three power lifts. The three power yeah, lifts. Yeah. There you go. Um, you know, if you if you look at it like that, it's daunting. If you Instead, you look at it like today I'm going to do – you know, I'm going to deadlift 330 pounds four times. You know, yeah. it, ha- it, it's, it has nothing to do but everything to do with that. It has, like, today I'm not focused on the 60,000-foot view. I'm focused on the six feet in front of me and what, and, and what I have to do. Yeah. The today list does that. Uh, anybody that can take their to-do list and list out everything you've got to do, and it might be, like I said, three pages long, but then you, you go to another pad or a new sheet of paper and you write down, here's the five things that I must accomplish today. Yeah. And I'm taking them straight from my to-do list. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how long this list is. If I accomplish these five things today, it's been a good day. Yeah. And it, it helps, it helps really keep uh, people in the moment. You know, uh, I was reading this great book today and it's talking about how life is happening all around us. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, and so when it comes to fitness and business, forget about the big picture because you, you think that all these things, no, just focus right in here on like what's six feet around you, what's six feet in front of you, what can you control? Uh, that's what I love. That's what I think the lessons I get from both of them is that, um, and I learned it early in business, but I'm learning it more now about fitness is that, as we said earlier, it's, it's what's going on right there in front of you. It's what, you know, you've got these, like I do, have these big goals. I got these big dreams of things I want to do in business and in fitness. But all I can worry about is, this random Tuesday, this random, you know, Friday, whatever the day is right here in front of me, this is what I can control. This is what I can affect. Go put the work in. Yeah. The ability, yeah, to just kind of shift focus and have awareness of like the big picture. Cause I got to know the whole timeline. Sure. Sure. But then I got to shift that focus back into like, okay, what do I need to do right now? Where's my focus going to be for this hour to have a productive hour and working backwards. Yeah. You know, if, if, if I have a goal that I want to accomplish and I say, I want to accomplish it by this Friday and it's unattainable. Yeah. I've just, I mean, what am I doing? I've, I've shot everything and nothing's going to work right. But yeah. if I say, okay, it's reasonable, practical and obtainable. I know what I want to accomplish. And then I just work backwards all the way back to today. It's going to tell me what do I have to do right in this minute? Yeah. Because if I put the work in that will, that will happen. You know, wherever, whatever I want to get, yeah. uh, it'll be there. 
Yeah, that's um, for people first starting out in fitness or people who aren't in the business space. When when you set some super lofty goal, so let's say like if I said um, you know, we have a goal of squatting four hundred pounds, like what do you squat currently? Like one hundred fifty pounds. You know, to 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 someone who's who's not uh, really set some type of lofty goal like that, that means, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. But you can work it backwards and go like, okay, well, but if I can just put on five pounds to my squat every week or every two weeks, well, then I can encompass this goal in the next year and a half or what it would be. And so then you're not trying to, like, look up the entire mountain. Like you said, you look at the next six steps. Same thing with business. Right. You know, I, I currently have, uh, let's say, 150 clients. I need to grow up to 400 clients. You're like, well, geez, you got, like, over doubled your clients. Well, how many clients do I need to focus on getting this week or today? And what are the action steps I need to do for that? And also, I think one thing good about the to do, uh, today list and to-do list is uh, it's just kind of prioritizing – the the most important actions that you need to take. Uh, there's some days in business you're like I would love to get all five of these done, right? But I have to get one, right? Two, three, right? And sometimes in training you're like, man, like I just I would love to get the whole workout in, but it's not gonna allow it. But I I gotta get this one thing in. And we've done that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've done that with me, where uh, it's like, hey, like, yeah, for whatever to- reason, this is all we're able to accomplish today. So let's focus and make sure we get that done. And then you, of course, you put a lot of of um, responsibility back on me that, all right, so here's what you're going to do later. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're going to get the work in, you know, one way or the other. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get it in, but the most important thing that we finish is this. So right. let's, let's just focus on that and not, uh, not, not be overwhelmed, but like, I'm not going to get it all done. Who cares? Like, that's just the way it goes sometimes. Right. <laughs> you know, right. What, um, what are some of the kind of like the physical benefits that you felt or, or that you may see in, in yourself versus other people, who aren't taking care of their bodies. Cause I see it a lot in myself compared to other business owners or other people in the workforce. Um, what are some of the things that you see? Well, I mean like you, I am an energetic person. Yeah. I just, I, I have a lot of energy. I've got a lot of, of, um, motion. I am, you know, uh, it's kind of interesting because I like to think that in times of like, chaos or crisis, um, I'm calm. Yeah. You know, my mind is thinking about, let's fix this first and diagnose what the problem was second, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but on a normal, just day to day, whatever's going on, I just have a ton of energy. Yeah. I am. And the, you know, what I've seen by focusing on fitness and working with you has been, uh, it's, it, my body feels better. I'm sleeping well. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, again, and it's true, but I just feel stronger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's not even, a, it's not even the way I look. Uh, it has nothing to do with looks. Right now, it's all about these, just I feel stronger. Now, the funny thing, confidence. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's just this, there's uh, this level of confidence that you have uh, bounding up the stairs. Uh, I'm speaking on stage last week in Dallas, um, giving a talk in front of all these people, and I just have, like, I know I'm strong, I'm physically fit, I have energy, you know, and I can just, I can bring it on stage. Yeah. All that comes from, you know, it's kind of funny, it comes from two things. One is the work that we're doing. Yeah. But two is the mental aspect of yeah. it. When you know you've put the work in, there's, you know, it, it, it changes the way you view everything you're getting ready to do. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I think there's a, a lot of that confidence comes between like putting yourself in hard situations and doing hard things and then coming through it on the other side and go like, I did that. Right. The nice thing about fitness to me is like every day I do something hard. Right. Every day I do something that makes me uncomfortable that, that I know most people aren't doing. Right. And so then that confidence in doing that carries over into other situations. You're like, yeah, that's not that big a deal. We'll, we'll get to it. I've, you know, right. Uh, once I've done enough physically hard things, just like, I'll be okay. This next time I do something physically hard. Right. Once I've done enough physically hard things, I'm like, I do hard things and I survive when I'm this emotionally hard thing or intellectually hard thing pops up. It's like, there's, it's like practice. I've been there before. Right. Like I'm not like, I understand the situation. Yeah, this is stressful, but we'll get through it because every single day, I do, you know, I do hard things and we do hard things and we're still here. So it builds that confidence to continue to take it on. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, 
What are some of the struggles you find as being an entrepreneur and like finding and, and, and fitness, like, and finding a way to get it, get it in? Oh, that's an easy one. Cause you got five kids on top of multiple businesses. Look, it is. Um, so family of course comes first. Um, but I'm not, you know, when it comes to business, business is second. Yeah. My fitness is third. Yeah. Um, and, and there, there can be no other way with, with what I'm doing. Yeah. So what I have to figure out is how do I, one, make sure my family's not neglected, neglected Two, make sure that my partners are getting a hundred percent out of me because I'm expecting hundred percent out of them. And third, I'm getting my fitness in. So, uh, you know, that that's the biggest struggle because sometimes I have appointments set and, you know, I may be letting you know minutes before we're supposed to go that I can't get out. Yeah. I mean, I've got, a, I've got this meeting. I didn't expect this meeting, but I can't leave. Yeah. And those, there used to be a time when I would be like, uh, and I don't mean non-apology. There used to be a time when I would be like, oh man, I'm so sorry. This is like, and uh, now I'm less that way and more of, I want to be empathetic. Like this is your time and I respect your time. Yeah. So, but this is the scenario that I'm in. Yeah. I didn't put myself in this. I didn't. Uh, so I'm not going to say I'm so sorry, Yeah. but instead it's, I respect you and I will not be able to be there. So there's no argument about, you know, does that make sense? Like, it's, yeah, well, yeah, it's more a case of, it used to be that you would, I would feel guilty and I've just let that guilt go because I am, uh, you know, I know that I've, I'm committed and I'm going to do the best I can. But there's sometimes when I have to pick one of those three over the other two, and that just, that's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. When I think the the lesson there is that, yes, the priority is one, two, and three. It's not one and two and zero, mm-hmm. you know, which for a lot of people is like, well, fitness is my third priority, but I never do it. And I was like, well, then that's zero. Zero. No, you're, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not, not a priority. priority. <laughs> right. uh, and to a degree, you know, um, w- one thing that I feel like it, it's my responsibility as a coach is to understand that. And, and it's easier for me to be empathetic with that as a business owner, sure. <laughs> you know, cause I kind of understand like where you're coming from. And, uh, it's my responsibility to, to have an awareness and an understanding of like what each of my clients lives are like. Right. And when I need to say, Hey, that totally cool. Like, I know we're going to get in on Thursday or say like, Hey Chris, like, man, we, we need to really like find a way to prioritize this. Maybe we're shoot overshooting it with this many days or maybe we need to find a different time, but like you are approaching zero, right? We need to find a way to get this back up. Right. And, or especially if, <clears throat> if it were three or uh, two, two weeks in a row of yeah. no workouts or one workout or sporadic here yeah. and there. Um, because I've had weeks where I've only been able to work out once, but usually that's like, it's not necessarily planned, but we know, okay, you can be out of town out or of something town. or, you know, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but here's the other, here's the flip side of it too. All right. And I, and I will, I've said this to other people before, be honest and be direct with everybody in your life. Like when I was training for the hundred mile ultra marathon, um, you know, that was a personal thing I was going for. And in all of my uh, lack of wisdom, that was, I was keeping it personal to me inside. Yeah. When I, brought my wife and my partners in and said, Hey, I want you to know that four months from now, this is what I'm going to try and do. This is what I've been like running for. And, you know, you see me going out running every day and what the heck's he running, you know, now I'm going to start ramping it up. They all got behind me and supported it. Yeah. And, and there was no more questions of what are you doing? And, you know, are you slacking off here? Are you giving that up? It became a, okay, we're going to let you get out of balance. Yeah. You train, I'm going to, you know, pick up a couple of days with the kids going back and forth here to school instead of, you know, where you usually were. Or my partners were like, okay, train and get the work done, but we understand you're going to be gone a little more every day because you're training for something. If, yeah. if you will be direct, involve everybody in, in your process, you know, that's, that's another good way. Because to do big things, to do hard things, to do scary things, sometimes you got to get a little out of balance. Yeah. Well, and the balance isn't isn't a daily balance or everything's getting the no. exact same, you know, uh, quota every single day. There are times where it's like, hey, look, family's number one and everything else is going to like 
pretty close to zero. If your if your kid was sick or something yeah. happened, like, hey man, like I gotta prioritize this. Do vacation. Like yeah, I am yeah. I am going out of town for two weeks. Yeah. I, everything else is gone. Yeah. I mean, it's this is all family. Yeah. And then there's times where you're like, hey honey, like I, I need you to I need you to kind of take some of these family roles that maybe I've been doing so I can get this business thing done or this physical thing done. And it's adjusting appropriately. Well, I might have been there was a time when I might have been doing three hour workouts and an eight hour workout. And that's three hours every day and eight hours on Saturday. Yeah. And that was just, I mean, that's a lot of time away. That's dinners, you know, yep. not being done. That's me getting up at five, but not being back in time to take the kids to school. I mean, that's a, that's what I really mean by getting out of balance. Yeah. It's, it's, I cannot participate in some of the stuff right now. You have to pick it up. And if you say it like that, um, that's probably not the right way to go about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it's a if it's a permission base, you know, I, this is what I want to do. I want to include you in it. I want you to know about it. And they say, yeah, I've got this for you during this time when you go get, you know, go after what you're going. Yeah, for. this is this is what my goals are. Here's how you can support me. And then when this is done, here's how I will support you and get back into to balance. Hundred percent. Um, what are what are some of the ways you you may able to kind of overcome some of those struggles? Um, whether it be like um, f- finding the time or making the time or like, what are some other ways you've, you've overcome some of the struggles of making it happen? I think that that last thing I just shared a second ago, I just can't, I can't emphasize how important it is to tell other people that, that you are in partnership with in life about what's going on. Yeah. Because having their support telling, you know, if you have a, a coach, you let your coach know everything going on in your life. If you have a business coach or if you have a wife or a partner a husband or partner, you know, whomever, whatever, just be direct, be yeah. honest, be open, let them know what's happening. That's the, I think that's the biggest way to avoid conflicts and create space for you to be able to go do what you want to try and do. Yeah. Because if you, if you keep things inside, if it, if you keep it, you know, or if you already assume on the front end that they're going to get mad, like I know that if I had said <laughs> my wife will never let me do all this training, so I'm just going to do it and I'm going to fight with her and I'm going to get mad at her because she's not letting me do it. You know, yeah, that's a, that's that's a way to create uh, what do they call it? Um, you know, you're you're creating issues without needing them. You're projecting that onto oh, her. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And of um, course, then what's she's gonna do? She's gonna be mad because your approach to it was terrible. Right, right, one hundred percent. And so that's the that's number one. Um, and that may and the other thing too, dude, is if you know if you're gonna go for stuff and try and do hard things, yeah, you know, <laughs> your turn from earlier, then you know. It may require 4 a.m. wake-ups yeah. to, to get things done. It may require – I'll never forget that a lot of – when I had to train for to be tired, you know, I needed to be comfortable being very tired. You know, I'd go I'd, – I'd, I'd get up in the morning and do a workout, and then I'd go to work all day, and I'd come home and I'd get something to eat. Yeah. But then it'd be like, all right, it's about uh, 7.30, the sun's set, and it's time to go for a three-hour run. Yeah. Uh, and now you're talking about this is a 14, 15 hour day and I'm running at the end of it. And it's, I mean, it really does, um, create that, that atmosphere of being tired, yeah, being, you know, kind of a little, little foggy in the brain. Um, but it, you know, that's the, the bottom line is we have 24 hours every day. Um, so we, the lack of time is an excuse that doesn't work Yeah, because we all have the exact amount of time. It's what we choose to do with that time. And we just discussed family and work. Those, those are massively important. But if you can have good communication and and refit some of that time into something else, same thing maybe, you know, instead of staying up till 11 o'clock watching uh, Johnny Carson reruns, you go to bed at 9 o'clock. You, you know, watching because, Johnny Carson reruns? Yeah, you know, those, those are those are a big hit on uh, comedy classic, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just prioritizing your time. That's right. Like, and every second of time. Every second of the day, you're making an investment. <clears throat> Just like you have dollar bills that you can choose what to, uh, how to put them in place. Uh, you have hours and minutes that you can choose how to put them in place. And no judgment. You know, that's the, that's the bottom line. It's because it's, it's just you. You just get to decide and it's okay. If, yeah. if you, whatever it is you decide to invest your time in, damn, you're going to get out of it what you want. And so, you know, if it's working out or running or biking or swimming or, or business or whatever it ends up being, if you want to write a book, go write a book. Yeah. You have plenty of time. I mean, you know. Again, you you skip the you skip the TV and skip the the YouTube surfing, and instead you you write a, the book about what you want to write about. I'm just, yeah, you know, I know I'm I, I'm I could go anywhere with all these conversations because I'm just such a believer, and you just you just do it. 
Well, I, uh, I think one as an attitude. Yeah, I think one thing, another aspect of um, overcoming some of that stuff is is having that community of support. Like sure. you, you have a family that supports you. Have um, have uh, work colleagues and and, and, and your um, your other owners that s- support you. You have a coach. You have. Um, your training communities, your other runners, like being, being around people who, who are like-minded and want to, to, to support you to go and do these great things versus a group of people that, that doesn't understand that. Right. That, 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 uh, that would instead want to like discourage you or pull you down or say, no, you can't do that. You know, you have chosen to surround yourself with people who support you in your pursuits. And therefore it's a heck of a lot easier uh, path when people are behind you, helping push you versus people in front of you trying to keep you from hundred percent forward. So 100%. choosing the people you spend your time with wisely and being in the right community of, that will support you. My kids may listen to this and they will all tell you that this is what I tell them from the time they're even my my fourth grade daughter, yeah, you will become the six people you surround yourself with in any endeavor. You wanna you wanna be a great soccer player, and you surround yourself with you know six great soccer players. You will, through time by being with them, be influenced by them. You will become what they are. Yeah. Same thing in business. Same thing with real estate investing. Same thing with with anything we decide to do. You will be the six people you surround yourself with you know, when it comes to that influence. Yeah, big and time. So. Talk uh, a little bit about your your goals that you set because you, since I've known you, you've never ever said, yeah, I just want to kind of feel good and look good and come and get a workout. And it's always, uh, it's always, what's this next big thing? Why is it important for you to kind of set big things, talk about some of the things you've done and like what you're looking to do in the future? I'm going to relate it just a little bit to business and about the the fitness side of it. And in business, I tell people all the time that we do not have competition. I don't have competition for what I do. Yeah. Period. Um, There's the apex. There's plenty of companies that do what we do, but the only competition we have is how well we performed yesterday. Yeah. That is a, that is a mindset. That is a decision coming in every day that I'm going to be the absolute best version of myself. I can be, uh, I'm going to drive, I'm going to push, I'm going to, you know, set whatever the goal is. And, you know, that, that comes from big things and little things. So, and, and also it expands into business. So every year we set bigger goals than we had the year before, you know, every year we're doing something bigger than we have done ever before. Yeah. That's by design. That is so that, that there is never a top of the mountain ever. There is, you know, it's kind of like, we sometimes in our minds, we have to create this illusion that when I get to a goal, when I reach a peak, like I have to, I have to envision that in the distance, there's something higher. Yeah. Like I've just got to keep going. I think part of that is going back to what we said earlier, fear. All right. I, I like, um, I like being scared of what it is I want to try and do. I think, uh, in 2017, I, I tried to run a hundred, mile ultra marathon. And I was actually listening to a podcast from another person that I respect who tried it. And I think they accomplished it. And I'll never forget it. I was like, God, that's, that is actually really cool. This is one of the top five hardest races, you know, cause it's a road race from the, uh, in the keys yeah. down in Florida. So you start at mile 100 and you run to mile one to the end Yeah, and straight road. I mean, hardly any shade whatsoever. It's in uh, late May. So you're talking about, you could have you know, you could have really hot temperatures. You're going to have humidity. Yeah. It's tough. It's going to be rough. Yeah. And um, so it doesn't have the ups and downs like a Leadville 100 would have or something along those lines. But it just has, I mean, it's just oppressive, brutal. Yeah. If you're lucky and it's in the low 80s with a breeze, man, you are like flying. Yeah. But if it's 88 and above, it's it's hard. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I, I just registered for it. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go do this. What was the longest you'd run up into that point? A half marathon, 13 miles. Okay. And um, I'd never even run a marathon at that point. Yeah. I'd only run one half marathon. Yeah. Um, so, but here's the deal. I knew that on any given day, 
I could go run 26 miles. I could go do a marathon. And I mean, that is no, I wouldn't, I don't mean that I would be competitive. Yeah. So I don't want to insult anybody that you might be insulted about. I just, I knew that I could move that 26 miles at a good pace and finish it and be done. I may be really sore. Didn't matter. I could finish that. Yeah. That's not what I wanted. I wanted the threat that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. There's some people that were scared saying, you know, you might die. I was never worried about dying. (laughs) I never thought I was going to die trying to do this race, but, um, not to downplay it. Cause I mean that, that can happen, yeah, I'm but that could happen in my car tomorrow. That could happen on my three mile run. I mean, I, I was like, I'm going to train properly. I'm going to go try and do this. I hired a coach. It's the first time I'd ever hired a coach to try and get me there. Uh, I hired a mental coach. Um, and you know, the, the long story of that is that I did not finish. I made it 60 miles, which was, I ran 60 miles straight for that. I'd never gone before. Uh, in retrospect, I could see all the mistakes that I made along the way. The biggest mistake being that I quit. Yeah. The biggest mistake being was that I saw 40 miles left instead of one mile. Yeah. Because that's really all I had to do. I just had to run one mile 40 times. And while that sounds daunting, if you just do one at a time, it's really not. It's just time. Yeah. It's just go do. Yeah. It's work. And um, so I quit. When I think you, you had a good saying that was you came there to see how far you could run and the lady came there to see. Yeah. To I was, run a hundred miles. I was taught an incredible lesson. Yeah. Um, and humbled by a number of people, but one in particular, I was telling you about that. She crossed the finish line with her arm kind of duct taped across her chest and she had broken her forearm, like in the transition, uh, area of mile, I believe it was at mile 10. Um, <laughs> and so she had gone 90 miles with, um, and I believe it was 90 miles again. It was a, it was a long distance. She'd gone 90 miles with, with a broken bone. Yeah. Now it, we're not talking about something sticking out of her arm. It doesn't matter. It, she's got a broken arm yeah. enough where she's trying not to move it. Yeah. And I watched her cross the finish line. Cause that's the one thing I did when I quit, I got in a nice cool van, drove to a nice hotel, got some, you know, leg compression, uh, got in those leg compression boots and, got me a few hours sleep, got up and went to the finish line. Yeah. And I just watched everybody finishing because I wanted to see what this was all about. And what I learned was, as you said, I wanted to see how far I could go. And I learned I could go 60 miles. That's what my mind, you know, before my mind took over. Yeah. All these other people, these finishers, they came to run a hundred miles. Yeah. And so their mind never even entered into the equation. That's the way we are in business with business. We're going to do this. And whether or not we can never comes into the equation. No, that's just what we are going to do. And so, you know, I, I am going back to that race, but I've also got two other things I'm trying to do between now and then. Um, The reality is that, that I'm in a different mindset now. I've learned so much from not completing it the first time that it just gives me confidence with all the work I'm doing now, especially in here with you, that, that next time I go down there, I'm not going down there to, uh, see how far I can go. I'm going down to see how fast I can go 100 miles. Yeah, 100. percent And and it took it took having to have that experience and kind of realizing, oh, my mind wasn't right for that. To it, now come back around and go, now I know what it takes. It's a great example of failing. Yeah, it's a great example of, and I and you know, like I said earlier, I mean, I give a lot of talks, a lot of different things, but I call this the power of the comma. So with that race. I want to run a hundred mile ultra marathon and I want to do one that's tough that I'm, I might not be able to finish. Well, I ran it and I put a comma at the end of it, meaning it's not over. I'm not done. I still have more of the story to go. When I put a period there, it's done. You know, I'm, we'll see where I'm at. But, um, you know, I learned so much. I didn't finish it that time, but I'm coming back and, and just different, you know, a, a different person. I've learned those lessons. I understand, you know, what I have to do and how I need to, to tackle it this time. Yeah. And so when, when uh, we first kind of re-engaged last year, that was kind of the talk was about coming back and doing this this uh, race again. Right. But because of issues with COVID, like there wasn't any spots left. And then we kind of went like, okay, well, we knew we had to set – we knew we knew we had to kind of change your training up. Because prior to that, it was only doing distance Endurance. running. Yes. Yeah. 
And we recognized, like, man, we really got to kind of set a, a strength foundation yes. for that. So we started, we knew we were going to work on that anyway. So we started kind of doing that, uh, realized we weren't going to be able to do this this, race this year. This year. And then, uh, then you were kind of like, okay, well, I got to figure out something. And then we kind of threw a few things out. But why don't you talk about kind of what we came up with and why, why that's what you chose? Yeah, something stuck with me. And, I, and when I hired a guy named James Lawrence, anybody that doesn't know him, he's James Iron Cowboy Lawrence, uh, wrote a book a few years ago called Redefining Impossible. He's got multiple Guinness World Records. And in fact, today he's setting a new Guinness World Record this afternoon. Uh, and it'll be his 36th time to break his record. Uh, which it, it, so what it is. <laughs> he is he is completing 100 iron distance triathlons Ironman distance triathlons yeah yeah um so he's doing one a day every day for 100 straight days so he is swimming i guess two miles he is biking 114 miles he's running a marathon back to back to back to back he's doing it every single day today he's on day 86 he already owned the record for 50. Uh, the first time he did it, he did 50 Ironman distance triathlons in 50 days, one in each state. So he's traveling. The, the logistics was just, you know, crazy for him. But um, that's when he set the, the Guinness World Record for the, the most consecutive and the most, I think that was the most in a year. Well, then he turns around and so the second he hit day 51, it was a new record, and then 52, and then 53. So I think he's on day 86. Every single day he breaks the record. It's absolutely incredible to me. That's who I hired uh, to train me for that race, okay? Running or mindset? Running. Okay. He was running. Now, um, so the reason why I bring that up is that there was a, he had never trained a 100-mile athlete, but I wanted him to train me, and he's like, look, let's give it a shot. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's not his fault, not their fault whatsoever, but there was not enough, like I wasn't strong enough. I don't believe my body was strong enough, uh, although they had some weight stuff in there, but I didn't have a guy like you there with me each day, each time. So irregardless. So anyway, when when I knew what James was doing, I, <laughs> I came to you and said, you know, I'm getting stronger. Uh, it's This is, you know, I'm, I'm getting, it's not the, it's the powerlifting. The, the three power lifts, right? Yeah, squat, bench, deadlift. Squat, bench, deadlift. So I was like, you know, I'm getting stronger. A byproduct of the work we're doing is that every week I'm hitting, you know, new numbers and we're, yep. we're growing in strength. Um, my base is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and firmer and firmer and firmer. So uh, I looked a few things up and uh, I came up with my own, uh, my own challenge. Yeah. And... I see these guys that are lifting like 500 pounds deadlift and then they're running sub five minute miles. Yeah, like five, five, five or the six, six. Yeah. Or the six, 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 six hundred, six man mile. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Uh, and I don't know that, I don't know that this will go with get, I don't know that Guinness may do this. I mean, not, I don't really care. I'm doing it either way. I am trying to become the first person that we know of to lift a thousand pounds aggregate across those three. Yep. And run 100 miles in 24 hours. Yeah, so you got to do all three lifts and make it a 100 miles in a 24-hour period. Right. And so we're, you and me have worked, I mean, we're, and of course, we'll we'll dial this in even more to get closer, but you and me have already penciled out how we're going to do this, and we know the, we know the time frames, we know, like, you know, later on, we know what we're going to have to put in place to do this, you know, accomplish this, but we've, yeah. we've talked about the, the pre-warm-up, the amount of time we need to spend warming up, how we get everything ready to go, and then we're going to go you know, boom, 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 hopefully inside of 20 to 25 minutes, get all three of those power lifts done, but they have to total a thousand plus pounds. Yeah. And, um, and then it's the second it's over, you know, the, the running shoes are on and we're right out the door, um, trying to complete a 100 mile run inside of 24 hours. And, and, uh, I'm jacked. I'm hoping that, that Guinness says, yeah, this is something we would, we would recognize as the first to accomplish something like this. Cause those are usually like those aren't two things that people would normally do no. <laughs> in the same day. No. I mean, running a hundred, like one or the other are usually hard. Right. You know. Right. And and you look at me, like you can't tell from as I'm sitting here, but I, I'm not, I don't have a big frame. Yeah, you're not, you're not a 250 pound person trying to. No. No, this is, <laughs> when I'm, when I completed that day, I will probably be between a hundred and, 
I would say between 178 and 182, somewhere in there is about where I'm, I'm in my mind. And this is, that oh. is so unscientific. Uh, <laughs> pull out the backside. I just came with those numbers. But I know that I weighed 165 uh, when I tried my first 100 mile yeah. race and I didn't have the frame for it. I just didn't have the, yeah. the no, wait, wait. I did have the frame for it. I didn't have the mindset to just walk the last hundred miles. I just quit. Um, and so this time my body will be stronger. My mind will be stronger. And we're going to, you know, but I'm going to do, it's kind of interesting. I will do this before I will go compete in the keys 100. Right. And if I can do this, then there's no 100 mile race that I can't complete. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah. And, and, and yeah, so some of what we're trying to figure out is, okay, well, what's the best strategy around this? Because there is a weight that would make lifting there's a body weight that would make lifting a thousand pounds easier. Right. And a body weight that makes running a hundred miles easier. Right. And where is that sweet spot? Yeah. Because we don't want you, you can't be crazy strained in one or the other. Right. Uh, trying to figure out what do we really need? Cause you can't like your true max can't actually be a thousand pounds. No. Because there's just no room for error. If you were just super tired and, and just didn't have it that day in your deadlift, it's over. It's over. You know, like, okay, well, so much for that. There's no point in running a hundred now, right? So find out like what do we need to get your actual true total up to so that super confidently we can hit all three of these lifts in the shortest time frame possible. Yeah. And then how do we prep for that? Like how do we get your body warmed up, ready to roll, so that so that you have as much time to run 100 miles as possibly can. So in reality, this might be at like a 25 and a half hour right. event because we may spend the first hour and a half just making sure that everything is loose. I've done enough, you know, build up to get under heavy weight, put myself under that kind of strain and do them, do the, the lifts and do everything I need to do. Like you said, the shortest amount of time because the more time I spend doing those lifts, the less time I have to run the the hundred miles, so I've got a. I think I told you I wanted to have them all done in thirty minutes to give me give me twenty three and a half hours to run that hundred miles, which, again, it's very doable. Yeah, it's just it's you know I was I was thinking as you as you were saying that like even the diet comes into play because one diet is gonna is needed for, you know, building strength. There's a whole nother diet built for maximizing you know your endurance. Well, yeah, you. You don't really want to go into like doing a heavy squat or heavy deadlift with like a stomach filled with stuff. I know. You know, you can kind of like chug along running, you know, at a relatively slow pace with a, a belly full of stuff. It's not that bad. And the longer you run, you can't catch up on your calories. Right. If you're in a deficit at the beginning, it's over. You cannot, I mean, it, you just can't consume and burn or, or uh, your body can't process it. Can't digest it. Yeah. yeah. As you're getting further and further into a run. Yeah, so it's trying to figure out. So yeah, what right? Kind of our strategy is let's first things first. We just gotta get the, the lifts up to like an appropriate level. What do you What do you think I'm at right now? <clears throat> um, you're probably close to 300 on squat, maybe a little higher. You're probably close to 350 on deadlift and 250, maybe a little more. So we're probably sitting at that 650. Uh, so nine, so we're pretty close and we need to be at 11 yeah. to feel comfortable. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely 11, you know, any little, right. you know, 12 would be even nicer, but I think 11, you, you know, you should be able to hit 90% of your true one rep max, like in most situations. Right. You know, um, the question is, can you do that? But I think a lot of that's just in the training and the ability to output, you know, three times relatively back to back, but you would do that in a normal training session. Think in a normal training session, you'd have a heavy squat. Yeah. You may wait five minutes. You'd have another heavy squat. We went 10 minutes. You have another heavy squat. Well, if we can do a, a relatively heavy squat and then a relatively heavy bench and then a relatively heavy deadlift all within the same time frames, we're getting it done in 30 minutes. Right. And you know, what's, what's interesting, uh, even as we're sitting here talking about it, it follows the pattern that we had laid out earlier of, you know, you figure out where you want to go and then you just work it all the way backwards yeah. to today and say, all right, so what are we working on today? Yeah. And like today when we're done, we're going to go work out and you already know I'm working out on this. And it has really nothing to do with the goal, but everything to yeah. do with getting there. Yeah. Um, which I, that's what that's, I've gotten to the point now where I've learned to just love that. Yeah. Like whatever today is, I'm just going to enjoy doing this 
all that stuff, you know, it comes down the line. The, the, the payoffs and the, you know, the, the going for the big stuff, it all comes off later on. Big time. Yeah, but it, you don't get to enjoy the fruit of that labor unless you're willing to put in the labor. Just yeah. do the hard work today. So you're yeah. going to learn to love the hard work today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, very cool, Chris, man. I really appreciate you coming on uh, the podcast. Um, any quick words of wisdom or piece of advice for someone who's considering doing something big, whether that be physically or whether that be in business, what would you say to them? Yeah. So I follow, we follow a rule. I learned this, of course, give my dad credit, my, my brothers, both of them credit, you know, even, even though my one brother's in, you know, kind of, he owns his own businesses out in California. He still has kind of, you know, followed this and I'm giving you credit. Okay. Inspect what you expect. You know, when, if you expect people to perform at a certain level, whether they work for you, whether they're vendors that you hire, whether they are uh, somebody that's providing a service to you, um, then you inspect what you expect. If they know that you don't care, if they know that you're not watching, if they know that you're all words, you say one thing and do another, um, then you're setting a new expectation and it's coming down every time. If you, if you're clear with what you want and you uh, are willing to follow up and inspect it to your level of expectation, which includes the other one other piece of advice, there's only two ways to do anything, and it's you do it the right way or you do it again. <laughs> Wrong never comes into the picture. So if you will inspect what you expect to this high level of everything gets done the right way, then in theory, you will succeed. At whatever, because th- those two things are just so simple. When I look at you training me right now, you inspect what you expect of me every time we're out there on the gym floor. Like there is no, uh, every single time we're talking about breathing, posture, you know, what's tight, what's loose, where we, I mean, every little piece of what we're doing, you're watching. And there's not a, there's not a time to take off. When we're at the 67th minute of our workout and I may be doing like some push up, you're like, that's, you know, squeeze tight here, lift there, head up, you know, look, you know, every little detail of the way my body's positioned matters. Yep. And, you know, for lots of reasons, but that's what I can tell people. Those two things are probably the most important things, no matter what you're doing, you inspect what you expect and you hold this rule. There's only two ways to do anything. And it's, and it's either learn to do it the right way or we do it again because the wrong way is never accepted. Those two things will get you a long way. I love it, man. Very cool. All right, guys. NBS Fitness Radio out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.